All right, thanks so much. All right, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 23. 1 Samuel chapter 23. And uh, look at something there tonight. Now, most of you know my uh, friend, brother, brother Moyer. Of course, he's trying to, we're trying to get him up here, right? He, he, uh, he bought some land. Matter of fact, right next to uh, Brother Lawton. Good to see his family tonight. And he called me this week. He has some cows. So one of his cows had a calf, and so he sent me a picture. He said, oh, look at this nice calf that my cow had. And then he went out there, and his calf had disappeared. And he was worried because he's got a swamp on his property, and he was worried maybe that something spooked the calf, and it ran in the swamp and got eaten by an alligator. He has big alligators out there, or maybe a coyote came and got it, or maybe it ran into the woods. So he said, man, please pray I'll find my find my calf. And so we've been praying the last couple of days. Well, he called me. He went out today and the calf was there. And he said, man, well, we, we, we named our calf. I said, what'd you name it? And he said, well, we named it Houdini because it keeps disappearing. <laughs> I said, well, what's the mama's name? He said, well, we didn't give the mama a name. I said, well, I said, well, Nate, is it, I said, it's black, right? And he said, yeah. I said, well, then name it coffee and tell everybody it's decaf now. Sorry, it's the only thing I could think of. But uh, so, so we got Houdini and cow decaf, however you want to do that. All right, let's get to 1 Samuel chapter 23. 1 Samuel chapter 20. He thought it was fun. 1 Samuel chapter 23. And uh, we'll read verses 9 through 18. 9 through 18. So this. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring hither the ephod. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant has certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. And he says this, Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, He will come. Then said David, Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver thee up. <laughs> then David and his men, which were about six hundred, arose and departed out of Keilah and went whithersoever they could. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah, and he forbore to go forth. And David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day. But God delivered him not into his hand. And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. Verse 16, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. Verse 18, And they two made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, we just praise you and worship you and glory in you. <laughs> Dear God, you're so good and merciful and gracious. Lord, we're glad that you hear our cry and you hear our prayer. And Lord, you have a will in every situation that we're praying about. We can trust you with that. We can rest in your faithfulness. Lord, thank you for the praises that were given tonight. <laughs> Lord, concerning uh, Sister Sarah, Lord, that uh, Joseph gave tonight and Sister Pam and others. Uh, that have been helped. Lord, pray be with those that are traveling tonight. We thank
think of Eric and David and Mary. We think of uh, Lord uh, uh, Sister uh, Meyer's son. And just, uh, Lord, please watch over these. Lord, again, help the physical needs. So we think of somebody that might be here tonight or even listening tonight that's not saved. God, we pray you'd work in their heart. Lord, again, we think of uh, uh, Michael, Brother Wood's brothers. He's down there. Thank you, Lord, that he's still there and doing well. But Lord, we want to see him get saved. We think of Wood's father. No doubt we all have loved ones and people that we've been witnessing to. And so, God, we pray that you'd work in those hearts and draw them unto thyself. Now, help us, Lord, and teach us tonight. Encourage us through thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, uh, as we look at this portion of Scripture, a good thought is, you know, God wants to be real to us. Amen. God wants to be real. And God was real to David. That's the, he talks about his relationship. Everybody knows about David's relationship with God and that God was real to David. And of course, even here in this portion of Scripture, God showed himself real to David. God showed himself real to David uh, through prayer and through a person. Notice uh, David, uh, we're going to focus on the person, but notice uh, David's prayers in these verses. Verse 2, it says, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. Isn't that amazing? You think, well, hey, he's a soldier. Why wouldn't he just go? You know, but listen, something like that that would just sort of seem automatic to him, he still felt need to pray about it. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, I know how to do something. I'll just go do it. Well, hey, listen, he, he knew how to. We know all know that David was a great warrior. But even when he before he went down there, he prayed about it. Verse four. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So we see those prayers there. Then in verses 10 through 11. Here he goes down and he saves those people. And then, boy, they turn on him that quick, huh? Boy, does that remind you of anybody you know, huh? Verses 10 through 11. Then said David, O Lord, God of Israel, thy servant has certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand when Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord, God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. The Lord said, he will come down. Then said David, Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver thee up. <laughs> yeah, it's a good friend, son. Just saved him. But we see here that uh, David took these things to the prayer. We see David had personal needs. He took his personal needs to the Lord, no doubt, for his own family. And uh, he had, of course, uh, some family there. He had his extended family. And so he prayed for uh, his personal needs. He had protection needs. Right. Uh, they were coming down after him. He took those to the Lord. And then, of course, he had people needs. He had 600 followers. And so he prayed about that. And so it uh, didn't matter whether it was a personal need, whether it's a protection need, whether it's a need for uh, people that he had influence in. David took all those things to the, uh, uh, to the Lord in prayer. And so he, he prayed a prayer and the Lord gave him real answers to his prayer. Well, we see that with Paul, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all uh, the churches. And so we know Paul was a man of prayer. So thank God that he wants to be real in our life and he wants to show himself rare, real in, in our prayers as well. But let's look at verse 16 here and focus on this thought. It says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood. And I love this statement, and strengthen his hand in God. 
So God gave David real answers to his prayers. And then God gave David a real Christian friend, if you will, in Jonathan. It says he strengthened, Jonathan came and strengthened his hand, talking about David, in God. What a great statement that is. Jonathan showed up at the right moment. Jonathan, again, he was one of those guys uh, that walked in when everybody else was walking out. And uh, I, I like this, sort of bring it up today. I think Jonathan wasn't the type of guy that just sent a text, right? <laughs> I think even if he lived today, he wasn't the guy just to, to send a text. Now, sending a text is nice. It's good to hear from people. Uh, making a phone call is good. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to go. Sometimes you just have to go. I like uh, Acts 15, 36. You remember uh, Paul and Barnabas went out and then uh, 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 Paul said this to Barnabas in Acts 15, 36. Let us go. Let us go again to visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. I like that thought. Let us go and see how they do. Right. And so uh, Jonathan said, hey, I want to go and I want to help David. One of the best ways you can strengthen someone's hand. I mean, you want to be a blessing to somebody. It just didn't say he strengthened his hand. It says he strengthened his hand in God. That's the key. I mean, we want to be a blessing to everybody where we can. But the big thing in helping them is helping them spiritually, strengthening somebody's faith in God, encouraging them in the Lord. That's how you really help somebody. Just like uh, Jesus told uh, Peter there in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, where he said this, But I've prayed for thee, Jesus talking to Peter, that thy faith fail not. But when thou art converted, what did he say? Strengthen thy brethren. Hey, a good sign, right, uh, that you're where you should be with God is that what? You'll have a desire to uh, be a blessing to people and to be a strength and a help to people. That word strength means help to make steadfast in the faith. Now, usually we think just about, oh, that's a preacher's job or, uh, you know, or the evangelist's job or the missionary's job. No, that's everybody's job. Just like it's, every, it's, it's uh, everybody's job to go to the lost. You know, we emphasize that. We all know that. Well, yeah, our job's to go to the lost. Our job's to get out the gospel. But did you ever think about this? Not only is it everybody's job to go to the lost, it's everybody's job to go to the saved. But we never think about that part, do we? Right. Just like everybody needs to go to the lost, we need to have, a, we need to have that on our heart. But sometimes we need to realize it's everybody's job to go to the saved. Right. And uh, encourage one another and strengthen one another's hand. What is better than helping someone with their walk in the Lord? Amen. Uh, not only uh, in leading them to the Lord, but if they are saved, to keep encourage them to keep going and don't quit as they're going through things. Well, I think about uh, uh, Sister Sarah and all that she's uh, uh, been through. Now, you know, uh, you know, last Wednesday we were here right after the service uh, that we had that visiting preacher and uh, I was going to take him out to dinner and try and fellowship with him. But all of a sudden uh, we were concerned about Sister Sarah. So we jumped in the car and uh, we went to the hospital with her. And I think uh, 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 we were with uh, them till about two something. I don't know, I think got home about uh, three o'clock uh, in, in, in the morning uh, that night, you know, going through things. But you know what? Hey, here she is a week later. And what's she doing? She's testifying how she got to give some tracts to somebody and how she got to, uh, uh, to witness to, to somebody. And uh, man, just uh, what, what, a, what a testimony that is. Hey, hey, I know Sister Sarah's listen. Don't quit. Amen. Keep going. As long as you have breath, the Lord has a way to use you. 
So, we, you know, we think about uh, Jonathan coming to David here and encouraging him. Now, we all know the story about David and what happened at Ziklag, right? <laughs> Where uh, uh, here it's one thing that uh, a town turned against him. And then it talks about his followers. But what happened in Ziklag? His own man turned against him there. Well, it's one thing to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, some strangers turn against you. It's another thing to have those that uh, have been following you turn against you. And we know that what David do? Well, there it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And no doubt there's a great message uh, in that. We've probably heard a message on about David encouraged himself in the Lord. And thank God that we can do that. Thank God that, hey, if nobody else is there, the Lord will always be there. And, and we're glad that we know that. That listen, in one sense, no, never alone, right? We love that song, no, never alone. And we have that assurance that Jesus is always with us. But you know, sometimes... The reality is sometimes it just helps when the Lord does send someone your way at the right time. You know, and we know this there and that that helps us. But boy, there's something about when you're going through something and you are praying and uh, and you're crying out to God like David did in those other verses. But there's something when you just hear that knock at the door. Amen. And says, hey, brother, hey, sister, amen. Uh, 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 Lord put you on my heart and uh, uh, we just decide to jump in the car and come over here and uh, try and be a blessing to you. There's something, boy, looking at that, that face and know that there's another human, amen. And God laid you on their heart and, and they, they took the time to come knock on your door. They took the time to come and be there with you. And of course, in this situation, sometimes we're the David in the story, right? Sometimes we're the, we're the one that needs somebody to knock on our door. But you know what? Sometimes we need to be the Jonathan in the story. We need to be the one that's willing to go and knock on somebody else's door. You see, David, I mean, Jonathan, how did he end up there? Well, two reasons. One, he was sensitive to the Lord's leadership. No doubt the Spirit of God prompted him. All right. You know, I was joking about texts and phone calls, but they didn't have that back then. Right. And so uh, wherever he was, he just made a decision. And here was his father that was trying to kill David. But somewhere he God touched his heart about, you know, hey, Jonathan, uh, David sure like to see your face about now. And so uh, uh, he went down and everybody knew that about the relationship between Jonathan and David. And so, you know, people that wouldn't have told Saul, they were glad to tell David where uh, I mean, Jonathan, where David was, uh, so he could meet him and he came down there. So he got prompted by the Lord and then he was willing to yield to that and willing to go. You know, 2 Peter 1, 4 says this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And that thought right there, partakers of the divine nature. Of course, if we're saved, we're partakers of the divine nature. So you know what that means? The attributes of the divine nature should show forth in our life. In some ways that will be clear, right, that we're partakers of the divine nature, is that we'll have that sensitivity to the Lord's promptings. 
You know, sometimes it seems like the Lord speaks to us audibly, but sometimes you can just feel when the Lord gives that, gives that nudge or lays something on your heart and prompts you to do something. And that's a, that's a good sign that we're partakers of the, the, uh, the divine nature and we're sensitive to the Lord's prompting in our life and our sincere concern for others like Jonathan's in his life. So we see Jonathan was a good example of that. Again, he was sensitive to the Lord's prompting, and then he was willing to make the effort, go the extra mile. Uh, my wife hung up a, a, a little sign in our, our house that says, uh, uh, be willing to go the extra mile. It's not crowded, amen? It's not, it's not crowded. And so Jonathan was one of those people that was willing to do that. And so he goes there, and he encourages uh, David. And notice how he did that, verse 17. So it says he strengthened his hand in God. And how did he do that? Verse 17. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee. And that also Saul my father knoweth right well. So how did he encourage him in the Lord? Well, Jonathan reassured David of God's promises to God. All he did is he went there and he just gave, we keep talking about the book. He just gave him the book, if you will. He just reassured him of the word of God, of God's promise in his life. And even though we know uh, we trust God, sometimes our, our even our, even no matter how strong of a believer we are, sometimes our heart and mind can get clouded by what's going on in our life. And boy, it, 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 we sort of, the, the, those promises just seem like, uh, uh, you know, we can't see them or feel them anymore. And uh, so somebody's got to come by and encourage us. So Dave, Jonathan says to David, David, fret not. God fulfills his word. Amen. And God is faithful. Now think about this. This is, the, the, this is Saul's son, the one whose uh, throne he's going to take, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan could have, now think about this. Jonathan could have been king. But you know, Jonathan, Jonathan had such a heart for David, but he had such a heart for God. Not only uh, does it show in the fact that he was willing to yield to the Lord's promptings, that he's willing to go the extra mile, but here we see Jonathan could have been king, but more important, you know, we just sang that song, I'd rather have Jesus. That's a song that Jonathan would sing. He'd I'd rather have Jesus in silver or gold. And here Jonathan, if you will, was saying, I'd rather have Jesus than the throne of Israel. Here he's been an example about that. Oh, it's easy to say. It's easy to sing. Like we say, Christians don't tell lies. They sing them, amen, they sing them. And uh, how often we do that in song, but Jonathan could have sung that song, I'd rather have Jesus. And he's given that testimony right here, if you will, that I'd rather have Jesus. More important than me than being king of Israel is God's will and God's glory. More than important, and that's the highest position in the land. And we need to remember that when we're uh, uh, seeking something in our life, something that might, might uh, uh, benefit us, if you will, that make my life a little easier. Hey, there might be nothing wrong in having it in itself. What's wrong with being king of Israel? Well, nothing unless it's not God's will for your life. Hey, what's wrong with having that certain position? Well, nothing unless it's not God's will for your life. Hey, what's wrong with to move into that place? Well, nothing unless it's not God's will for your life. And here we, uh, Jonathan realized 
that even though he was the, the present king's son, being the king of Israel was not the will of God for his life. So God's will and God's glory was more important than his own ambitions. What a great testimony that is. You see, Jonathan was a team player. And again, I emphasize that. I love team players. Jonathan was willing to take a lesser position if it benefited the team. Jonathan was willing to take a lesser position if it benefited the team. And that's what we need to ask ourselves. You know, we don't ask ourselves, well, what position do I want? What position do I want? Ask myself, what position, right? That, what, what position for me will better benefit the team? In what position can I benefit the team? If it's being the leader, then be the leader. If it's a, a being something else, then say, I'm willing to be something else if that's what benefits the team. And that's how Jonathan was. And no doubt, if, uh, if he felt it was God's will for him to be king, he'd have been willing to fight to be king, right? And, uh, and that's a good thing. But he realized that it was God's will for David to be king. And so he said, hey, as long as I'm beside you, right, as long as I can be a part of God's will. Of course, we know what happened later. But Jonathan was a team player. He was willing to take a lesser position if it benefited the team. He didn't have to be the leader, but he did have to submit to God's will. And that's what matters. You know, I always uh, uh, said that when I, when, when I was a missionary, and sometimes there'd be a bunch of us to, uh, uh, together. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I'd be the one to take charge and we'd all go. But if I got in there and somebody else took charge and I'd follow them, I didn't, care. I didn't care who the leader was. What I cared about is that the team was getting along and the mission was being accomplished. That's what mattered. The team is always more important than an individual player. And boy, we see Jonathan realized that, right? That my country, right? God's team is the most important thing. And I know that it's God's will. And so I'm willing to yield to that. Think about this. When you can cheer on the one that is taking a position you could have in a higher position, when you are cheering on the one that is taking a position you could have, that's a great testimony that you are a partaker of the divine nature. You see, because that's how the Lord is. He was equal with God. He was equal with God the Father, but yet he was willing to take the lesser role, if you will, amen, and come down and pay the price. You see, Jonathan had determined he was going to help David at any price. Jonathan had the resolve, and he was willing to pay the cost. You know, Matthew 10, 36 and 37 says this, A man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now we know uh, these are in the New Testament and we know there's a context of that. But yet the principle is true all through the word of God. Right. What's the first and greatest commandment? Amen. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. He's always got to be first. And Jonathan understood this. And so Saul did not like his relationship with David, but Jonathan realized, again, no matter if it affects my most important relationship is my relationship with God, my heavenly father, if you will, my most important relationship is my relationship with my heavenly father, even if it affects my relationship with my earthly father. 
We see that in 1 Samuel 20, 30. Saul gets anger, angry with uh, Jonathan and says this. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said unto him, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman. I wonder if his wife was there when he said that. I bet he slept on the couch. Thou son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established nor thy kingdom. And you know what? Jonathan's probably thinking, yeah, and so what? What's the will of God? Wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, and he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered, saw his father and said, and wherefore shall he be slain? What hath he done? He even stuck up uh, for David. And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did eat no meat the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. Look at that. He was grieved for David, the man that would be taking the position of his father. His heart was for David. And of course, what, uh, what drew him to David? Well, well, we'll see that. You know, I was thinking, so Saul, you see, Saul was away from God. Saul didn't have a right spirit. Sort of like uh, in uh, what uh, Sister Karen had put in the uh, bulletin, right? About choosing your spirit. Well, Saul was away from God. So what did he do? What do we see? He hindered the will of God. Because he wasn't right with God, he sought to hinder the will of God. And he got a critical spirit. Jonathan was near God, so what? He was helpful to God's will. He had a caring spirit. Think about this. Those with a critical spirit make it clear they are not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. They lift themselves up and put others down, and that's what Saul did. But spirit-controlled believers, what do they do? They lift up Jesus, and they lift up others. They realize, hey... Uh, listen, I'm not here to compete. I'm here to complete, right? <laughs> listen, we're here to complete one another, not compete with one another. Our actions and attitudes are a reflection of what we are and who we are as a person and our spiritual condition. And so thank God Jonathan was willing to come and pay the price to strengthen David's hand. And he did it by reminding him and encouraging him in the word and the promises of God. We finish up here, verse 18. It says, And they two made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. No doubt when Jonathan departed from visiting David, he was encouraged also. Not just because he saw David, which I'm sure was an encouragement to him, but he knew he'd been used of God. He knew that he'd been used of God, right? And uh, he had, by being a blessing to his friend. Listen, being a true friend, a true friend is not always convenient. As we see with jo Jonathan, it often entails sacrifice. And so uh, a true friend is willing to pay that sacrifice. But as believers, just like I said a few moments ago, we know that our job is to go to the lost, but let us remind ourselves it's also to go to the saved, amen, and be an encouragement and help strengthen one another's hand, help strengthen one another's uh, relationship. What is, what is the desire of my heart? Well, one, it's to reach the lost, two, to strengthen the hand of the believer. And so we should seek consciously to be a part of people's lives, not just the lost, but also the saved. 
You know, uh, women should seek to encourage the women of the church and seek to encourage the women of the church. Men shouldn't seek to encourage the men of the church. That's why we have one of the reasons we have the ladies meeting. I know I, I appreciate everybody stands and uh, 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 spends time after the church, and that's the right thing to do. That's a blessing. But then you have a time set aside for just the ladies to get together so the ladies can encourage one another, so the ladies can strengthen one another's hand. That's why it's so important when a church has an activity like that to participate in it. Say, hey, this is a, hand, a chance for me to go and be with the ladies and maybe uh, uh, strengthen their hand. Or maybe I'm the one whose hand needs to be strengthened at this ladies' meeting. So I want to go there and let somebody strengthen my hand. At the men's prayer meeting, right? An opportunity, right? For the men to get together, right? Iron sharpeneth iron, right? And so uh, strengthen one another's hands. You know, the adult should encourage the youth. Right? Even in church, you see uh, 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 young people, you should seek to uh, uh, take time to, to, to speak to them and, and give the young people attention to church and, and let them know that you're glad they're here and, and try to in, encourage them. And boy, uh, 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 thank you uh, for being here. Boy, this church wouldn't be the same if we didn't have our young people. And then the youth should encourage uh, the seniors. And boy, you know, young people, you can say, you should, you should be going around to the elders and say, man, uh, uh, wow, thank you for being th uh, faithful. Thank you that you're still serving God after, uh, after all these years. We should look for those opportunities. You know, I think about me. Hey, listen, we all need encouragement. I need uh, uh, encouragement. I'm, I'm as weak as anybody else, right? We're all the same. And boy, when, when, uh, uh, when the children give me a note or the children give me a picture, they color, that means something to me. You know, I keep those. I keep those things and I put them uh, uh, to remind me when I need encouragement or maybe uh, sometimes somebody will send me a text throughout the week or uh, uh, somebody will give me a call throughout the week. You know what? That helps me. Uh, that, uh, that encourages me and that strengthens my hand in God and we need to do that to one another. So you need to ask yourself with this example of Jonathan. Are you a Jonathan in someone's life? Are you making an effort to be a Jonathan in someone's life? life. Do you have a Jonathan in your life? Boy, look back. You look back over your Christian life. Can you think of somebody who's been a Jonathan in your life? But boy, they, uh, they, 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 they were just always there or it seemed like uh, they knew when to call or they knew when to uh, uh, do something. I'm not talking about you, Jonathan. All right. This is a spiritual application. Okay. So don't be trying to sneak into people's lives. Huh? Applying to his sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, you know, of course, you know, I think about the Jonathan in my life, right? Brother Crab, that's what he was to me, right? Can anybody think of it? Just give me a name. Somebody that you could think of that stood out in your life that was like a Jonathan to you that just seemed they... Sharice Joyner. Where, where, where was that at? Oh, right. Yeah, that's the ones that showed up. Boy, now think about that. Those people that came, all, came out of their way, right, uh, to be a blessing to her. That's right. I remember they showed up. Somebody else think of a Jonathan in their life. Your friend Elise in China. Right. Well, I hope God gives you Jonathan. I mean, we should, again, we should want to be a Jonathan one another. And you should think about people. Hey, who can I be a Jonathan to? A right relationship with God enables us to have a right behavior towards others. We need to ask ourselves, am I sensitive to the Lord's promptings in my life? Do I make that extra effort? Am I willing to inconvenience myself to be a blessing to somebody? 
You know, again, speaking of Brother Crab, he would always say this. When he would help someone, right, he would say a lot of times we'd go on a mission trip, whether it was helping somebody spiritually or we'd go to visit a missionary. If they needed a stove or a refrigerator or just something that he, if he could afford, he just he wouldn't even ask. He'd just say, OK, we're going to get a refrigerator or we're going to get a stove. And then he would people say, well, why are you doing that? He would just look at him and say, it's what a brother does. It's what a brother does. Right. And uh, I remember uh, when the when the church uh, sent me on the mission trip. Right. You remember that? And I said, well, we got to take money so we can be a blessing to the missionaries. Uh, we see, I think, in the Masons, we were going around. I didn't tell the, 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 the missionaries that, but he was telling me some things that uh, that he needed around the church. And so uh, I asked, well, how much is that going to be? Well, it happened to be uh, we had enough money from the church to, to cover that. And so I gave him the money. He's like, what? Why are you doing that? I said, it's what a brother does. It's what a brother does. And you, that's the way that we should think. And so we should go around trying to be a Jonathan to somebody and say, and he, man, why would you arrive all the way here uh, just to see me? You know, of course, you all know who Harold Seitler was. You know, the, the, the pastor that I was under when I went to Bulgaria, Pastor Fred Potter. Uh, he was friends with Harold Seitler, and he lived up in Bristol, Tennessee. And uh, he, had a, he had a son uh, that died in the service. And uh, he, said, uh, he said, not long after he found out, he was out in his yard, all of a sudden a car pulls up. And you know who it was? It was Harold Seitler. <laughs> Just jumped in his car from Greenville and drove all the way up there. He said, man, why would he drive up there all the way up to Bristol? Well, that's what a brother does. That's what a brother does. And we should think that way. Hey, somebody has a need. Somebody needs encouragement. Hey, that's what a sister does. Hey, that's what a brother does, right? Be there for one another. So let us uh, go after people purposefully, not just the lost, but even the saved. Amen even the saved, and encourage their, to seek to encourage their faith in God. You know, uh, the other day I was at the grocery store, and you know, Brother Hitt, I, it's been a long time since he was here, maybe come here, and I, I ran into him at the uh, 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 Publix, right? You know, I didn't walk up and I'd say, man, what's wrong with you? You haven't been in church that long, and you know, da, da, da. no, I walked up, brother, I said, how are you doing? How's your wife doing? Hey, I want you to know I'm still praying for you. I'm still praying for you. Boy, I sure hope you can make it back to church again. We'd sure like to, we'd sure like to see you, you know. And so we certainly hope we do see him again soon. So make a conscious decision not only to reach the lost, but let's make a conscious decision, amen, to reach the saved, if you will, and be a, a blessing. Go after people and purposely seek to encourage their faith in God. Just like the song says, right? We don't want to tell lies. We don't want to sing lies. And what's the song we sing? Make me a blessing to someone today. Amen. And let that be a truth in our life. Let's pray.